It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Crossover Thursday. This is a stable part here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day. It is the Denver Broncos are going to be traveling on the road this Sunday to take on the Carolina Panthers. And the Carolina Panthers are a team, a young and exciting up-and-coming team. If you've been watching football from afar, and I'm Cody Work of Locked On Broncos, I'm talking with Bill Rossetti of Locked On Panthers, and we are breaking down today's action. Bill Obviously, a fun matchup on Sunday ahead. You know, some storylines. Christian McCaffrey against his dad's former team. You know, there's a lot of things to talk about for this uh, exciting matchup. I'd say between two young football Yeah, teams. for sure, man. And, you know, always always great to chat with you, man. You're one of my favorites on here. So glad we can get this going. Yeah, this is going to be a fun game. You know, like you said, two up-and-coming teams. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of young pieces here, a lot of uh, good development here. So really excited to see kind of where these teams stand and, uh, you know, the future looks pretty bright, I think, for both teams. So it should be fun. So I'm going to start off by asking you some questions about the Carolina Panthers. And and I just want to start off by saying uh, at the beginning of the season, before the before play even began, I remember a lot of national talking heads talking about Carolina as if they were going to be a team that was going to hold the number one overall pick in this year's upcoming NFL draft. I mean, that was the talk there. The issue I had with that was the fact that, you know, we don't know what this team was like. And then so far, we've seen this young team be very impressive. Now, granted, they've been doing a lot of this without Christian McCaffrey this season. He's been battling injuries. Mike Davis has filled in for him. In your opinion, can you tell me the the theme of this Carolina Panthers football season right now? They're sitting at four and eight, but their record is much better then I think that, you know, they're much better than the record. In the no, I, I totally agree. Absolutely. This team is, you know, you could see that fighting attitude. I think that Matt rule has brought over from his time at temple, from his time at Baylor, you know, th- this team just doesn't quit. I think the biggest issue right now with this team that we've seen, especially in like the last couple of weeks is because they're so young, they struggle to, they really haven't learned how to win games. If that makes sense. You know, they, they, you know, they're still learning how to hold leads in the second half. We watched, you know, they had a, they were tied with the Buccaneers going into halftime. They actually had a lead on the Chiefs going into halftime. And then of course, we saw what happened two weeks ago against the Vikings. So this is still a, a young team that's, you know, still kind of getting their feet wet a little bit. There's a lot of pieces that are they're going through. You know, they've obviously dealt with a bunch of injuries. You mentioned Christian McCaffrey, of course, K1 Shore going out earlier in the year too. So you know, it's a lot of new parts that they've been trying to fit together in a short time, but you see the energy that this team brings each and every week. And, you know, they were really close in a lot of games, really the only game that kind of got away from them was that second Buccaneers game. So this team is in contention. I think I'm really excited to see what the off season brings. You know, certainly these last four games are going to be pretty telling, but the pieces that they add in the off season next year and in the draft and, you know, certainly at the the quarterback position too, this is a team that I think is still trending upward. And I, I think they're, you know, within maybe a year or two, I think they're going to be back as uh, a solid playoff contender in the NFC. 
One of the questions I had for you two, especially as they, they turn the reins over offensively to Joe Brady, who we saw what he was able to do at LSU. I mean, when you take a look at the numbers for the Panthers offensively in 2020, his first year as the OC, I mean, they're, they're pretty impressive. They're not bottom ranked in anything besides red zone percentage. They're 55% in the red zone, 26 in the NFL, but you take a look at them taking care of the football. They're very efficient. Their turnover margin is plus four. They're very efficient. They're either in that top 10 in some categories in terms of yards per play, or you know they're at the part where they're middle the pack, which is good enough for where they're at, and they have a young defense. So, in your opinion, Joe Brady has turned in a pretty impressive performance with the offensive talent that Carolina has in his first year. Do you see him potentially gaining any head coaching interest from some other teams, or do you think he's going to stay in Carolina and try to? Build you know, it's funny. I kind of dabbled on this a little bit earlier this week on my show, so it's you know really interesting. I'm glad you brought up this question because yeah, this it's been pretty interesting to see his name already floating around. I mean, the guy's only 30 years old. He's going to have only really one year of major head coaching experience. We know he was uh, with the saints a little bit before he went to LSU, but this is really the first time he's had uh, a major part of an NFL offense. And like you said, he's done a, a really good job. I'm not so sure he's going to, you know, he might not land a head coaching gig at least, this soon, but it certainly would not surprise me if uh, if he at least makes some rounds a little bit. Maybe he gets a couple interviews. You know, uh, the I just don't know if he's going to get the call over guys like Eric uh, Eric Bienemy or maybe Daryl Bevel. We saw he had a, a pretty good debut running the Lions. Uh, Brian Dable obviously is going to be out there. So a lot of names that are going to be out there that I don't know if Joe Brady's going to jump over just yet, but you, you never know. This is this is a crazy league. We've seen uh, a, lot, a lot crazier things happen. I mean, we saw Sean McVay, who didn't have a lot of experience, take over a head coaching gig at, what, 31 years old, I think he was, when he took over the Rams. So yeah. You never know. Ne- never say never. Um, I think Caroline obviously would would love to keep him, but I can't rule it out. <laughs> That's the bottom line. I can't rule yeah. it out. <laughs> Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I would be surprised if he goes anywhere at least this year, you know, maybe, maybe after next season, you know, I've been very impressed with what they've been able to do overcoming the injury to Christian McCaffrey, who we all know is a big part of the offense and, you know, bringing in guys like Robbie Anderson in the, you know, the off season, he's a big explosive possession guy, obviously Moore and Curtis Samuel. I mean, those guys right now, they're on the COVID reserve list. Is there any chance that they're going to be off that list? by the time the game is played on Sunday, or are they at risk of missing out on the I game? think Samuel's got the shot to come off because he was really only on as a, uh, a close contact, and he was put on the list on Monday, so that at least gave him a little bit of time. I was st- still trying to confirm. I, I know there was at least something, I think, from Rappaport that said the DJ Moore <laughs> tested positive, but I really didn't see anything else, so I'm still not too sure. But obviously, if he did test positive, he's not going to play Sunday. But Samuel, I think, has a good shot to uh, to come off it. Uh, it's really going to be interesting to see what happens throughant the week here. But yeah, I, I think 
you know, it would be a big loss too, I think, because we've seen how Curtis Samuel has now really become a major factor of, of this offense. He was kind of quiet for the first few weeks, but then you saw, you saw, uh, kind of around starting like the Thursday night game two against the Falcons was when he really started to break out. And now all of a sudden he's, you know, there, there's days he's basically operating as the number one, so to speak, you know, with some of the targets and just the way they're utilizing him in the offense. So yeah, I, if they don't have Curtis Samuel, that, that's not going to be fun, but I, I think there's a shot. He's going to a good shot. I would say actually that he's going to be out there Sunday. I think it would be criminally negligent of me to not talk about this Panthers defense, a very exciting young defensive unit. I mean, this is a, you know, a team that was, you know, led by Luke Keekley for all these years. He he retired and and now you have to replace everybody. Everyone's young there. Uh Jeremy Chin's having a phenomenal year. I mean, he's in the conversation for defensive rookie of the year, a lot of fumble recoveries. And this is a team too. When they get to the quarterback or to tailbacks, they force a lot of fumbles. They forced 12 so far this season. That's good for first in the National Football League. In your opinion, what is a difference maker? in your opinion, this Sunday against this Broncos offense is struggling to find their identity. Do you think the Panthers need to do to come out with a victory? I think it's just kind of, you know, just rolling with what they've been doing. You know, like you said, Jeremy Chen has really been a, a huge boost to this defense. We know what he was coming out of college. And I said from the moment the Panthers drafted him, this was one of the perfect landing spots for Jeremy Chen because he just gives you so much versatility on, on defense and with an up and coming defense like the Panthers that need a lot of pieces, Chin was perfect. Right. And, you know, with, um, you know, to kind of go back to the reserve COVID list, like you mentioned, Shaq Thompson is on there. Uh, Derek Brown, Zach Kerr, they were all on there. So, you know, there's obviously questions on them. So Chin's going to have to take a lot more, I think of a, a leadership role along with guys like uh, Trey Boston and, and Justin Burris. But, you know, this is a team that I think is just continuing, or especially defensive unit that is continuing to gain confidence. You know, obviously blowing the lead against the Vikings hurt hurt a bit, but now they got a week to recover from that. And I still think this is a, uh, a an up and coming unit. You know, they're obviously not an elite unit, but I th- I think they're definitely uh, a little above average. So really, really excited to see what this team does. Um, I th- I know the front line is going to have uh, a bit of a challenge. Uh, getting some sacks you know they've done a good job in that department but it's, it's going to be tough with what's become a, a really good Denver offensive line especially on the left side so it's a bit of a challenge but I think this is a team that's definitely up for it and excited for it the Broncos going to travel on the road this Sunday to take on Carolina who's coming off of a bye week and Bill is actually going to flip the script here in just a moment ask me questions about this Denver Broncos football team but before we do that folks I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's crossover episode and that is our good friends over there at Pepsi and this football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, the Broncos on the road this Sunday to take on the Panthers, and Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi is made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Flipping the script here, Billy Rossetti, Cody Rourke, Locked On Panthers, Locked On Broncos crossover Thursday. Glad to have you guys listening along. Always appreciate the support. And 
Excited to talk to Cody here. For those that followed me throughout the week, you know that I had a couple. I was really interested to talk about a couple players in particular, um, and what should be a, a really exciting game here. So I think I'm going to just go ahead and start with that, Cody. Uh, one of the players I definitely have to ask you about is Garrett Bowles, and I think when we talked earlier this off season, when we did kind of those um, little off season crossovers, we talked about Garrett Bowles as an interesting name in terms of they didn't give him the fifth year option. He had an up and down career. Uh, in the first three years, but now all of a sudden he's really turned it around here in year four and he goes and gets a long-term extension anyway and gets some really good money for an offensive tackle. What's been the key to the sudden improvement from Garrett Bowles and, you know, was he worth, you know, how was his play ended up being worth the big contract that he got? Well, coming into the offseason, the Broncos declined the fifth-year option, and that was more of like, okay, we're going to wait and see. What you know, what does Garrett do in 2020? Is it going to determine whether or not we give him a contract or if we decide to go you know, our separate ways after the season? Garrett's play has been phenomenal this season, and, and he really took a lot of the motivation from the struggles he's had, the fans booing in the stadium. He went through – I mean, he hired trainers. He worked on it literally all year long, all offseason long. He adapted due to COVID. And he's put together his best on-field product, and his footwork is much better. I mean, his eye discipline, his hand discipline, he doesn't overextend. He doesn't open up his gate a little bit in terms of when there's a pass rusher on the outside. He doesn't automatically commit to turning his hips because the guy could come inside. He keeps a neutral base, and he's able to move laterally out of his kick step very effectively. And so he's just been very physical, very dominant. And the Broncos have pulled him on some power plays, too. And he's been able to get out to the next level and create havoc. So Garrett's play has been phenomenal. Very proud of the guy because he's overcome a lot of adversity. He's come, overcome a lot of hate, I think, from fans and from media members here in Denver. And he's been able to just focus, and put his head down, staying and grind. On that left side, and paid uh, off due to a contract Dalton extension. And, and now the Broncos don't have so to worry about to left tackle how, for the next four played. years. So it's a good sign um, from Garrett. Reisner was a guy I got to talk to at the Combine in 2019 and he's just one of the the nicest guys i always think back not just on the field but just you know the minor thing that he did for me in 2019 which was you know we were all taking in his press conference in indy and everybody was getting their questions in and i'm over there on the one side trying to get mine in uh he sees someone on his left side answering a question he's like hold on i gotta get this guy over here and that was me so i just thought that was a really cool thing but it I'm just so impressed with him, too, you know. So what is it about? Um... Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is it about yeah. that left side? <laughs> you know, it's like I said earlier, the Panthers are going to have a tough time, and it's because of guys like Garrett Bowles and, and Dalton Riser. Kind of talk about their play, too, as well. It's kind of a duo there on the left. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Dalton Reisner met with the media, and, and like you mentioned, he's one of the nicest guys out there. I mean, he, when he does his interviews too, I mean, he's so motivational. Like he could he could motivate you to run through a wall, I man. And that's how I feel when I listen to Dalton Reisner speak. But you know, with Reisner, he, you know, he's fallen under some criticism from fans this year. That you know, a lot of people are saying that he's having an off year, but I don't think it's necessarily him. You know, I look at the Broncos' offensive line at the beginning of the season with rookie center Lloyd Cushingberry, both the left guard and the right guard, they had to overcompensate a little bit to help out a struggling center, right? So ideally their play on tape isn't always going to look the best. 
Dalton Reisner is very hard on himself. He's very self-reflective, and, and he wants to correct any mistakes that he makes. And, and each week, when we see him make a mistake, he comes back, he corrects it, and, and turns in a strong performance. Um, and I think it really just continuity. The coaching staff, Mike Munchik, has done a phenomenal job. But the work with those two guys on the left side is great. Now, if the Broncos can shore up the interior at the center position and Graham Glasgow dealing with an injury, I mean, he's been injured for a little bit of this season. If they can get him up to speed and then hopefully get Juwan James back next season, they'll have a very, very solid offensive line. And right now, the right side is kind of that and, weak uh, on the O-line and, and on I the carrier where the center too. position I'm actually is. Not but too far they're from improving, the place and, and a lot of it is elevated by the play after him. So always, always fun to see on Jack. Uh, having a lot of success in the NFL. Um, what is Denver done to, you know, obviously these are players that are, that are tough to overcome, but how has Denver tried to make up or compensate however you want to put it for the losses from the start of the season? Of course, guys like Von Miller and Cortland Sutton. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's hard to replace those guys. I mean, I don't think you can really replace a guy like Cortland Sutton or Von Miller, but luckily the Broncos, they had a lot of depth at the wide receiver position. We've seen Tim Patrick step up in a major, major way. He's become one of Drew Locke's favorite targets. Um, he's going to play himself back into a role in Denver next year. He's a restricted free agent, but Denver, they want to keep him, and they're invested on bringing him back. Uh, but when you look at the loss of that, I mean, other guys have had to step up. Noah Fant, but Tim Patrick and Noah Fant really been the, the top two receivers for Denver. Jerry Judy, first-round pick for the Broncos. You know, he's been trying to get acclimated, but there is just an evident disconnect in terms of chemistry. I don't think that he and Drew Locke have complete chemistry down with one another. That's also due to part to Drew Locke getting injured in week two, missing a variety of games. And then, you know, there's not a lot of time to practice together. That's been an issue there. For Von Miller, I mean, the Broncos, it's hard to imagine really how this defense has been playing without him. It's been very spectacular to watch, but imagining this defense if Von Miller was healthy would be even more scary. But guys like Malik Reed, Jeremiah Atauchu, those guys have stepped up at the outside linebacker position in his absence. Malik Reed has six and a half sacks on the year. He's an undrafted rookie free agent from Nevada. He made the roster last year in preseason and was able to be a, you know, a stable guy here today. I mean, he's evolving into a very exciting young player as well. So Devers has been able to compensate, not necessarily replace, but to be able to compensate for the loss by you know multiple guys by platooning having multiple guys contribute at that position has been great for Denver and you know there is a chance Von yeah, Miller still could return in Von these next four games probably not this certainly week, would next love week, to see that week, maybe the last two or maybe um, I guess kind of finish it he up here you mentioned so, Drew Law uh, yeah it's going to be crazy we know this was going to be an interesting year here whether he can take that next step up but like you said he's he's missed a couple of games you know what have been your overall thoughts on Drew Lock at least in the time he's been out there and um. How have things been in the last couple of days since, you know, what we saw with that whole mess of uh, all, all the quarterbacks being out and listen, God bless Kendall Hinton, you know, good for him for at least getting out there and Hey, he completed a pass. That's more than any of us can say. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, Drew, Drew's had an up and down season. I mean, he's played, this is, uh, he's going into week 14. So ideally he's played 19 total games in his career altogether. He's trying to figure out just, you know, the, the ebbs and flows, right? He wants to be aggressive, but he also wants to be smart. And sometimes he relies a little bit too much on his arm strength. He thinks he can fit a ball into a window. It gets intercepted. So really, I think the biggest error for Drew Locke this year, it's been a combination of, I, I think, lack of preparation in terms of the offseason. He didn't really get a chance to be fully ingrained with getting the thousands of reps you get in OTAs and training camp. Instead, you're learning on the fly. Then you get hurt in week two. You have to come back and, and modify. And, and I think Denver's been trying to find their identity on offense. And so part of that that does impact the quarterback, Drew Locke's biggest issue that is evident on film is his decision-making, right? There's times he's going to make a great decision. You look at the Kansas City game, his first pass of the game down the left sideline to, 
to Noah Fan for a 37-yard gain. And then two plays later, he tries to airmail it over to Troy Fumagalli on an out and up. It gets intercepted when he has the check down open right in front of him. So I would say decision-making is probably going to be the biggest factor for Drew. There is some pressure, though. Local media, the local fan base, the pressure is on Drew Locke. They're putting it on him, and the organization may look, if he struggles, if he still struggles, they may look to bring in some competition for him next year. But outside of that, I do believe that Denver is going to finish the season with Locke. And I feel like if he has a strong four-game stretch here, he's going to have a, a strong chance to be the guy next year and get another year. I think they they need to have continuity. He's never had continuity dating all the way back to college in terms of he's had a new OC every single year, a new quarterback coach, a new head Good coach. Good stuff. They like I said, always for once uh, for Locke certainly looking forward to this game. This, I the think talent this is there. A, a really intriguing one. You know, obviously, not a, a highlight one with both teams being 4-8, and eight, but I think you're definitely looking at two teams here that are uh, at least trending a little bit up. I think the arrow was like slow, slowly pointing up, but I think this should be a, a really fun one. But Cody, man, it was really great getting the chat with you here. Um, you know, always good. This, this was actually, you know, my fourth year. So you're basically the last uh, locked on podcast that I had to do the to do for me to do a crossover with. So glad to have you as the uh, the last one here to or I should say wrap up the 31, we should say. Absolutely, man. Bill, thank you so much. And uh, Panthers fans, I hope you learned something about the Broncos. And I hope Broncos fans learned a little bit more about the Carolina Panthers today in today's crossover show. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.